Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Well, hello, Canada. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis in British Columbia. And we want to thank you for joining us here on our new platform on Anchor.fm, or if you're finding us on Spotify or Google Play or wherever it is that you found us, thank you very much for joining us. And most importantly, Lewis, how are you, my friend? I'm great. And uh, we, we haven't been on the, uh, on the air for a couple of weeks, and that's uh, because you were on holidays in Mexico. And uh, I think um, the majority of Canada could probably say they were jealous. Well, it was fantastic. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, it was actually really nice that it was 37 below zero the day before we left for Mexico. So I could appreciate the plus 30 in Mexico a lot more while we were there. But it was plus 30 and sunny the entire week. And... The day that we left, actually, it, it got cloudy and apparently rained the day after. So, really, we we got there just in time and we left just in time. Excellent. Yeah. So, we are going to be running a little short on time today. We've only got about a half hour to, to work with here. So, um, because we had some technical issues with the first recording. So, let's just d- dive right in. Let's talk about Christia Freeland and the empty limousine. Yeah, you know, first I was a little concerned because I I had first seen this on Rebel News or Rebel.net or Rebel.media, whatever, Rebel. And But turns out it was actually a freedom of information request and discovered that for about at least two years, Christopher Freeland, when attending meetings in Montreal, would actually fly from Ottawa to Montreal and have her limousine driver not only drop her at the airport in Ottawa, drive empty to Montreal to pick her up, taxi her around Montreal, drop her back at the airport in Laval, and then drive to Ottawa to meet her at the airport there. And I thought, A, that's a big waste of money, and B, are you insane? Yeah, who wants to deal with the airport and airport security and all of that all that junk when your limo's going there anyway, so just stay in the car. I mean... This is only a masochist would want to get out of a limo and go stand in line at security for an airport uh, to, to get on a cramped plane and fly 25 minutes or whatever it is to to Montreal. I mean, this is this is one that is absolutely impossible for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, I mean, and I and of course, I look at it as a waste of taxpayer money for one thing. But like you, I'm thinking to myself, that's absolute insanity. Like, I mean, you and I have both done the drive from Ottawa to Montreal, and the scenery is honestly breathtaking. So why would you not just want to go for the ride and enjoy the view? Yeah, I I don't know. But, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the car is going there anyway. Stay in the car. Well, that's the way I look at it, especially since, okay, you're burning up the money by having that car drive empty there and back, and you're burning up money by flying, so I'd rather just burn the money one way, so take the drive. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
but that's that's all I wanted to say about that because that yeah. was just really kind of burning my butt. So um, we'll move on. And, and, and uh, it's getting it's getting absolutely no coverage in the mainstream media, and probably because it was the rebel that broke it. Yeah, most likely, yeah, because they don't want to give Ezra Levant any credibility. And I can't say that I blame them. I don't really have a lot of respect for them myself. But when they yeah. when they get it right, they get it right. So. Yeah. All right. And uh, so now let's talk about the uh, proposed um, gun confiscation. Yeah. You know, I found it funny they talked about they want to make certain they, they want to ban assault weapons. And... Tony Bernardo, who's president of the uh, Canadian uh, Shooting Sports Association, pointed out that assault weapons have actually been banned in Canada since 1931. And But what Mr. Trudeau was attempting to define, and I don't think he actually has a clear definition of assault weapons any more than he has a clear definition of the middle class, but they're uh, talking about the AR-15, which actually is the, the carbine rifle that the, the RCMP use. And... I'm not certain that they would classify that as a, an assault weapon unless it was fully automatic, which it's not. And then I think, okay, well, there's the Russian SKS rifle we have, which is a semi-automatic, and that's been called a military assault weapon. But regardless of the gun, they're talking about a buyback of assault weapons. And I think to myself, nobody has bought their guns from the government. So how could they buy back something that they never had in the first place? Well, okay, but here's the thing that I don't understand is, does anybody even know what assault-style military weapon means? Because I don't think so. I don't know what it means. No, neither do I. And and this is the thing that I'm going to say about Justin Trudeau and, and his ilk, is that either they don't know, or they don't know that our gun laws are different than the American gun laws, or they know the difference and they're young and they're just using it to divide Canadians. Um, because well, and they're and they're using it because they know most Canadians are ignorant of the of what the gun laws in Canada are. Because a lot of Canadians think that our gun laws are not a whole lot different than American gun laws. Um, I have talked to people who think that handguns are legal in Canada. They, yes, they are legal, but they are a restricted weapon, which means you're not even allowed to take it out of your house unless it's going to a gun range. And you are not allowed to even stop for gas or you're breaking the law. Exactly right. And I think that you're onto something there. I think that what your your second and third point are correct. Then either the liberals are banking on Canadians not knowing the difference between our two jurisdictions, gun laws, or they don't care. Yeah. Or they don't know. Or or, or they don't know. Yeah. They, and I they uh, don't know themselves because I, I can almost guarantee you that Justin Trudeau has never held a gun or at least shot one. Yeah. Well, and actually, I think that you're 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 correct to say that he doesn't know because he's also suggested that he wants to leave it up to municipalities to decide whether or not to ban handguns. And that's not uh, an area that even falls under provincial jurisdiction, let alone municipal jurisdiction. It's not up to municipalities to regulate handguns in this country. That's 
that's a federal government responsibility that the RCMP takes on. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't know how many people know, but like my, like, because I have a restricted license and I, and I believe you do as well. I do. Yeah. And our licenses are issued to us by the RCMP. Correct. And they also, we as restricted uh, license holders, our licenses are screened every single day. That's correct. Yep. And you will, you don't see legal handgun owners running around the streets of Canada, shooting each other. And the, and, and because a, it is really hard to get a handgun in Canada. It is really hard to pass the exam to get a handgun in Canada. And if you're going through all of that trouble to buy a handgun in Canada, you're not jeopardizing uh, your, A, your freedom, because the jail sentence in Canada is quite stiff for uh, handgun uh, penalties. And uh, B, you're not going to risk having that gun taken away from you and being thrown in jail. I mean... It's if you want an illegal handgun, if you want to go get a handgun tonight illegally, you can do that in most cities in Canada. If you know what part of town to go to and who to talk to, you can get yourself an illegal handgun tonight. And the people who are getting them legally are not the ones going around shooting people. No, exactly right. And uh, actually, Mr. Bernardo, in an interview with with Roy Green uh, a couple weekends ago, or maybe it was even last weekend, had said debunked the argument that it's legal gun owners who are buying them and then selling them to criminals. He said that's actually only twenty four times in the history of of you know legal gun ownership in Canada has there been a case where a crime has been committed with a legally purchased handgun being sold to a thug. And I thought, well, 24 yeah. times in 150 years? Well, I, I would say that legal gun owners are not the problem. No. And on top of that, uh, if you sell a handgun to like a legally purchased handgun, if you sell a legally purchased handgun to someone without a license, like you're going to jail. Oh yeah, no, that, that big time trouble. There's, uh, and I mean, the handguns are so restricted, and like you say, it's hard to get one, and honestly, yeah. it's it's hard to keep one, and because yeah, I mean, you have to walk a very fine line, like you say, you have to have that authorization to transport, and you are going from the from home directly to the range, directly back home again, or and, again, and, you're and in trouble. Yeah, and you have to take the shortest possible route. Right. If you are caught like 10 blocks off of the normal route you would take, that's a crime in Canada. It is. Yeah, I can't I can't stop I can't stop and pick you up at your house on the way to the range. That's a no. crime. We have yeah. to either meet there or meet at my place or whatever. We can't make that stop. Like they are very, and very the only, strict. And the only way that I would be able to meet you at your house is if your house was on the way. That's right. So in so really, the only legal way to to go to the gun range together with with two 
legally owned handguns is to meet at the range. That's right. Yep. So enough about this. Like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. Like this is, it's, it's lies and it's, uh, uh, it's predatory behavior on the, tr- on the, on the liberal uh, government's part because they're, pre- they're, pre- they're being predators because they're, they're, they're uh, counting on Canadians not knowing the law. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think they're trying to create a problem where a problem does not exist just for political no. points. I mean, here, here's, here's a thought. If you want to confiscate guns, let's start with the criminals and see how that works. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) You know, taking them away from legal gun owners is not going to change the crime rate one bit. In fact, it might increase because uh, the criminals will know that there's no guns in their house. That's right. Yep. So, I mean, we went through all this in the early '90s with, with, uh, or in the '90s with, uh, with uh, Jean Chrétien and his uh, gun registry that eventually was scrapped because it was a multi-billion-dollar uh, failure, and yeah, and didn't and didn't do a damn thing. Like exactly. I have, like they were saying, they were touting, oh yeah, they the the gun registry is uh, used by police, like. I think it was thousands of times per day. And uh, um, I have a friend who's an RCMP officer and he said, yeah, that's true. He said, but only because every single time you run a plate or a license plate or a license, uh, driver's license ad, uh, number, it automatically scanned the firearms registry. <laughs> Oh, good way to justify. So, so you didn't actually use it by choice. It was forced on us to use to right. use it. And he said, and he said the 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 stupid thing about it is that you can check it and it'll say, "Oh no, this person has no registered firearms." He said, "But that doesn't make us feel any safer." Right. He said because because he said you still had to approach the situation as if there was a gun there. Because the second that you don't approach a situation as if a firearm may be present, you're dead. Oh, good point. Yeah. So he said, we approached every single situation as if there may be a gun there, no matter what the registry said. He said the registry was useless to us. Yeah. Well, I believe that. Yeah. So this, uh, I'm just, I, I just can't wait for this just to be another big failure for the liberals because it was last time and it will be again. I believe it will be. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so the interest of time, we'll, we'll move on from that one because uh really want to get on our third topic here. And that is the bombshell that just dropped today, or maybe even just yesterday, but today was really with a firestorm hit about it was yesterday. Was yeah. it yesterday? So yeah. um, we just talked about gun registry. So let's talk about media registry. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, um, they, the liberals announced that they were going to impose or 
well, not that they were going to impose, but that they were going to adopt the CRTC recommendations uh, that included um, registering or issuing licenses to uh, trusted media sources. Uh, and the and they were also going to regulate uh, foreign news outlets that operate in Canada, and that they were going to force Netflix and Amazon um, to not only pay GST and HST, which I don't have a problem with because anybody operating in our country should, right? But they we're going to force them to uh, produce a certain amount of Canadian content. Yeah, that, that's what I had a problem with. Like, yeah, I am uh, like you. I mean, if they're going to do business in this country, I have no problem with the, with GST, HST, PSTs, um, the sales taxes go right ahead. But I mean, to, Essentially, they're trying to bring them under the CRTC's wing and say, yeah, so your Netflix, now you will be forced to produce X number of, um, of shows for Canadian content or, you know, purchase X number of shows for Canadian content. And I have a real problem with any kind of bureaucracy telling someone how to run their business. I mean, that would be like the government coming of British Columbia coming and telling you, this is how I need you to do your business, Lewis. I mean they don't know how you operate and I'm going to say, knowing what kind of business you're in, that the government knows nothing about what you do for a living. No, absolutely. But the, the biggest problem I have is that they're telling Canadians what they're allowed to watch. And that, yeah, good point. And that isn't just with the Canadian content laws, but with licensing, um, trusted media outlets and they and one thing that evan solomon did ask on ctv's question period uh was who decides who the trusted media sources are because if it's the government i can guarantee you that groups like the post millennial or hell even us would not be approved no that's right yeah, and there's, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with the post-millennial. They're, they're not the rebel. They're very much, uh, I, they're, they're, I would say that they are as, as much legit, uh, reporters and, and, uh, news outlet as any of the, the major guys. Well, I agree. Yeah. They're very, I mean, they're obviously not left wing, but I mean, they have a quite a, uh, I, I, this is the wrong word to use, but I'll just say it a quite a sane approach to, uh, to the reporting. Yeah. Common sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the thing is, is that, is that who, who is going to decide that? And besides who, why should they decide that? Well, like, exactly. Who the, hell is the, who the hell is the government to tell me that if I, that, 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 that uh, the, my preferred news outlet isn't trusted. Yeah, I mean, exactly. shouldn't that be shouldn't that be up to me to figure out? 
It should be. But here's a strange twist I have to to throw in here because just in the last uh, hour or two, um, the, the plot thickened a bit. And we have said on this show for the, you know, two years now we've been been doing this show that it's clear that Justin Trudeau or someone in his circle must listen to our show. So I'm just going to point out for our audience one more time, because this has happened probably a half dozen times since we've had this show. You did a rant this afternoon about uh, about this topic and about how wrong it is and what an awful move it is for Canadians. And less than an hour, well, maybe an hour ago, uh, Mr. Trudeau, and oh my God, is that beard not just so sexy? Oh, oh, that beard, <laughs> that wonderful beard. And he came out and, and said, you know what, we're going to back off on this one for a while. And I thought, yet again, obviously, he heard your rant, or someone did, and said, you know what, Justin, we need to rethink this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's totalitarianism. Oh, it is. I mean, this is, this is the kind of thing that you see in dictatorships. And, uh, and like I said in my rant today, Without free speech, we are no longer in a free country. That's correct. And we and, and Canadians, and, and I hate to break it to Canada, but we are barely hanging on to free speech right now. I mean, you look at the U.S. They're allowed to say whatever they want without fear of prosecution by the government as long as it does not incite violence. But in Canada, we're allowed to say whatever we want unless it hurts someone's feelings. And then we and then we get taken. You can be taken to a human rights tribunal and sued. Yeah, that's right. And then and, and, and that's and that's happened in every province. It has and multiple times. So we are already barely hanging on to free speech. It's already eroded. And this is a further erosion. Because with because the having a free media is essential to free speech, and if you and if you're going to limit the media's ability to be free, then you're limiting my ability to be free and your ability to be free and Joe Blow down the street and his ability to be free, and then we no longer live in a free country. Yeah, and you know what I found interesting about that is even the mainstream media who was part of this $600 million aid package agrees with you. And I was actually quite surprised to see, you know, even some of the larger media outlets speaking out against this move and I applaud them for it. I'm not, I'm not even being facetious when I say that, like I actually applaud these outfits who, you know, are being paid off with our tax dollars for standing up and saying, okay, this, this is not right. Because it's not right, and I, I think they recognize the danger that that this poses if it goes through. Yeah, and it's about damn time that they stood up. And, it is and opposed and opposed something this government was doing. Absolutely, it's about time, and um, I'm 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 glad that this this was the wake up call they needed, and I I'm wondering if that you know on top of your rant is what made Justin Trudeau change his mind all of a sudden. Well, yeah. I mean, he realized his six hundred million dollars didn't gain their favor on this topic. I mean, yeah. They, but but the, and then 
To take it a step further, the CRTC wants to regulate and control what foreign purveyors of media are allowed to broadcast in Canada. Yeah, and I thought that was really, really interesting, for lack of a better word, because number one, how the heck do you do it? And number two, good luck getting, uh, you know, extracting a tax from The Guardian or from The Washington Post or whomever, right? Well, you want to know how you do it, just ask China, because they do that. Well, yeah, good point. And, you know, we, Mr. Trudeau does love China's yeah. uh, basic dictatorship, so. Yeah, but China does that. That's where we're going with this. Like, a communist totalitarian dictatorship like China does what the CRTC is recommending we do. And I, and I don't know what, I mean, this says a lot about who the yahoos are that are on the CRTC. And it also says a lot about our esteemed leader and his groupies for thinking it was a good idea. Yeah, so I mean, you you almost think the next logical step, if this does go through, is the CBC renames itself Pravda. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I mean, we're this. It's scary stuff. This like this CRTC recommendation is probably the scariest thing I have ever seen a government propose to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, everything you said about the attack on free speech is, is absolutely bang on. I mean, they are doing everything they can to suppress it. And I'm thinking that Justin Trudeau's advisors must have said to him that, okay, maybe this has gone too far. And I'm sure that he's probably just trying to think of a different way to make it more palatable for us. But at least for right now, he's backing away. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them to try and bury it in an omnibus bill. No, I wouldn't put it past them either. Yeah, and in fact, I would think that would be the, the way that he would, would, would try to, to sneak that in. Because for, for everybody saying that Donald Trump is trying to become king forever in the U.S., I think that's what is happening here with Trudeau. Like, if you look at the things that they're doing, uh, increasing taxes, uh, you know, putting immense pressure on small businesses and corporations by CRT or by the uh, uh, CRA, uh, running record number of audits in this country right now. Um, the uh, uh, attempts to disarm the populace and now to control the information being given to the populace. Yeah, certainly does follow some patterns we've seen in the past, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's scary, man. Like this, and, and, and he's pitting segments of our society against each other. Yeah, he certainly has done his best to divide Canada. You're right. I mean, there's a, especially right now, there's a lot of Alberta bashing and in the West, a lot of Quebec bashing. And it's just, uh, it's not healthy for this country. 
No, not at all. I mean, like, I've, I don't think, even with the referendum in 1995, uh, and, and, only, and only barely scraping by a win in that uh, referendum by half a percentage point, I've never been this worried about the unity of our country. Yep, I totally agree. So, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's kind of a scary time in Canada right now. It's kind of a scary time everywhere right now. But uh, I just think that we're getting to a point where people are going to start, um, I don't know if the right word is rebel, but uh, I think there's definitely going to be some pushback. And, and it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, <sighs> government caused because i think governments are becoming too big too controlling their fingers and too many things um you know they're they're controlling what we see and what we read they're taking as much money from our pockets as they can i i the you know governments and and, and then there's political parties here in the united states in england everywhere that that want government to be involved and to control and regulate more and more and more of our lives. And I think, yeah, I think, I think it's getting to a point where people are going to start pushing back. Yeah. Well, I think like we've said on the show before in the past, like, you know, eventually we're going to have to have this conversation of how much government do we want in our lives and like, how much do we expect government to do for us? And, Right now, they're just encroaching way too much into our lives, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Way too much. So, uh, on that bombshell, (laughs) um, (laughs) I want to just let everybody know that on Wednesday, I will be sitting down and interviewing the uh, Member of Parliament for my riding here in the Okanagan. uh, conservative MP Dan Albus, and I'll be sitting down with him for uh, up to about 90 minutes. So we're going to be able to talk about a lot of stuff. Excellent. Yes. And I am working on another, trying to get another interview with another uh, uh, member of parliament from the northern part of, uh, of the Okanagan here. Um, and she's a, a rookie MP, and uh, so I'm I'm attempting to get uh, an interview with her at the moment, and we're just trying to make our schedules work. So, no, well, fantastic. So we'll certainly be looking forward to that interview with uh, MP Dan Albus in uh, I guess in two days. So, um, yeah. so, so until that interview comes along, but we do want to thank you all for joining us, Canada. It's. Uh, been great talking to you again, Lewis, and great talking to you, Canada. And we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, until then, I'm Tony here in Saskatchewan. And I'm Lewis out here in BC, where it's kind of nice and warm at the moment. Fantastic. It's uh, actually not bad <laughs> here, but uh, but still not as warm as the Okanagan. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So, till next time. All right. Good night, Canada. Good night.